0: <laughs> um, so this evening I'm going to be speaking on Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and um, when I got the email from my dad that I was going to be speaking on February 11th, I actually initially thought that it was Super Bowl Sunday, so I figured I would, and my team happened happen to be playing in it, so I was gonna pull a Don Salmons and, and just do a quick, you know, ten minute message and then <laughs> then head out early. But I'm telling you. <laughs> so uh but uh for those of you who don't know, my team did win, so that's good. Uh the as my <laughs> as was mentioned last week, sometimes the underdog does, you know, win win the game. So that was that was the case in this and that's that's why I'm pretty happy to be here today, tonight, <laughs> yeah, better, better to be an alive dog than a dead lion, or a live eagle than a dead patriot, um, so, <laughs> so um, I'm going to read from chapter 10, uh, I'll open in prayer first, because um, I definitely need the Lord um, to strengthen my words, and or to, to Use his word and to make it um, impact people here. So Lord, uh, thank you for this evening. Thank you for bringing us together to look into your word and to study and learn more about you, Lord, and about your ways and about um, what is wise, Lord, and uh, what is truth. And I pray that you just um, work in our hearts to know you more and to grow in you more, Lord, and to love you more, and um, thank you for your amazing grace and your amazing um, word which you've revealed to us, Lord, and the fact that we're able to look into it freely and to study it without any fear of condemnation from you, Lord, as we learned this morning. Um, I pray that you'd guide my words this, uh, this evening and that you would um, help us to learn from you, and in Jesus' name, Amen. So I'll read the chapter, um, chapter ten, um, just starting in verse one, going all the way down to the bottom. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense. He says to everyone that he is a fool. If the anger of the ruler arises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as it, uh, as it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in the low place. I have seen slaves on horses and princes walking on ground on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through, the, through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt, uh, and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of, of the words of his mouth are foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, uh, though no man knows what it is to be, uh, sorry, oh yeah, though, though no man knows what it is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. Woe, woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobility. And your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Through sloth, the roof caves in, and through indolence, the house leaks. Um, bread is made for laughter, and wine for gladness of life, and money answers everything. In, even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird will, of the air will carry your voice, or some wing creature will tell the matter. So in this uh this chapter, um in the first verse, uh it, it kind of talks about the the danger of a little folly. Um something that is just a small amount, you know, maybe a white lie, that kind of idea, or or even something that's um, you know, very uh just a very tiny thing. I mean, I've heard a illustration of um I mean, this illustration is for dead flies in a perfumer's ointment, gives off a stench. And um, there's a few things that can be drawn from that. Uh, You know, with an ointment, if there's dead flies in it, um, the dead flies aren't necessarily the root of the problem. It's actually probably a problem with the actual ointment, which makes, you know, the flies attracted to it, and then it causes them to die in this. And so... Um, with a little folly on the outside, there may be a lot more on the inside that's um, um, but I mean it also references uh chapter nine and verse eighteen. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good it It doesn't take a lot of uh sin to take someone down or take something. That's been good and built up it it doesn't take a lot to uh to destroy it 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 can be pretty delicate um, and of course uh, in verse verse two is kind of where this comes from uh this little bit of folly that you see on the outside comes from people's hearts it's It says a wise man's heart inclines him a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left um back in In Solomon's day, the right hand was considered a place of honor. This is the right hand. It was a place of honor. The left hand was considered a place of dishonor. And so that's, it's not referring to American politics, just FYI. Um, This is referring to the, uh, in Solomon's day, what the places of honor were were considered. So, um, but a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, a fool's man's heart to the left. It's in the heart. where we, we see these things. Um, w- whether it's wisdom or folly, it comes from inside, it comes from within, not from uh, any external source. When you read, um, I'm gonna turn to Matthew chapter 15. Um, Jesus was very good with words. He always said things that, uh, obviously every word he said was perfect. Nothing was ever wasted. And um, in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 10, he's addressing the Pharisees and the Pharisees were uh, questioning him on the disciples eating with unwashed hands. And this is actually a, parable, or this is actually a instance that was mentioned this morning. Um, Jesus says, after the Pharisees had mentioned that the disciples are eating with unwashed hands and how they're defiling themselves, Jesus says, he called the people to him and said to them, hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of a mouth. This defiles a person. Then the, the, the disciples um, came to him. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, so I, I'm going down to fifth, or 17. I'm gonna skip down. In 17, Jesus says, Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes through the stomach and is expelled, but whatever comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart? This defiles a person um this is this is the uh indicate uh, this is just that that outward folly that we see that outward sin that we can see comes from the heart and um this comes from our uh our own depravity um so um and you can see that in verse 3 even when the fool walks on the road he lacks sense he says to everyone that he is a fool. Um, folly and sin makes itself known. It comes. It comes out, eventually, even from our hearts, from the, from when we are um, not living in the Lord, not living in the Word of God. For Christians and for non-Christians especially. I mean, um, with Christians we have Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, we have God living in us, dwelling in us. Who guides us in the way we should go? Um, but it can still happen for Christians too, because we do have our sin nature. Um, I'm going to turn to Matthew again. Matthew chapter seven, verse fifteen to twenty. In Matthew chapter seven, it, it talks about it talks about fruits, and um. Verses 15 to 20. So this is just where foolishness shows itself when when people have this in their hearts. This, This is what shows. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. It's always important to discern what people are saying by the word of God and by what um, the word of God teaches. And uh, if it doesn't match up, then it's false. As we move down in the passage, uh, in verse four, Things kind of take a shift in the theme. Um, it goes from basically kind of a summary or a warning of foolishness, and uh, to talking about specific incidents of foolishness. Um, and uh, Warren Wiersbe in his book uh, highlights this as a foolish leader, foolish leadership, or foolish ruler. It says in verse four, "If the anger of the ruler." Arises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. Uh, there's some excellent uh, advice there, and this is an angry ruler who may be unjustly angry or he may be justly angry. Um, but the uh, the idea here is is self-control. Self-control always trumps, um, you know, sudden bursts of anger or sudden, you know. And uh, in Proverbs 15, chapter 1, the, or sorry, verse 1, this um, this backs it up. It says that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Sometimes in our flesh, it's very tempting and easy to respond to whether it's a ruler or it's someone, maybe it's your brother, or maybe it's um, a friend of yours who might be angry at you, and it's easy to respond to them in anger and Um, being quick to respond to them impatiently but um, the Bible says over and over again it talks about using our speech and how careful we need to be with our speech and with um, being slow to respond to these things and it says a soft answer turns away wrath and that's um, extremely important It's, it's very convicting as well um, for me, because sometimes i don 't always have the softest answer um, I have a uh, reference here that says galatians six twenty three which is not a verse in the bible <laughs> i think it 's ver i think it 's five uh twenty three yes it is this is about self control and um, this is talking about the fruits of the spirit. I'm going to read from verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When you look at, especially the last two, but there's a few in there, patience and kindness, gentleness and self-control, these two things are extremely valuable in our speech, in how we conduct ourselves with people who are um, not those things, who are impatient, who are Uh, Out of control and who are not gentle. Um, This is uh, an extremely um, this is an extremely good truth in a good way. Uh, You can see Jesus um, was very slow to speak in his trial. He was he was uh, as a sheep before his shearers are silent. Um, He was quiet. He didn't um, lash back. He answered. He did answer Pilate, but with calmness and gentleness um and in verse 4 it's a, uh it shows leaders who are not self-controlled are dangerous and as leaders as as um as leaders we should be careful not to lose our lose our self-control and this is an extremely important i believe it's an extremely important thing in the scripture that uh, self-control, and it's something that I I find convicting myself. I, I find it hard um, to help to have self-control um, and to have gentleness all the time. It's I find it um, a difficult thing for myself, but it's something that um, the Lord living in us can give us. And of course, it's fruits of the Spirit, and the Spirit dwells in us. And these are good things. Um, in verse 5 and six and 5 to 7 i'm just going to read those really quick there is an evil that i have seen under the sun as it were an error proceeding from a ruler folly is set in many high places the rich sit in a low place i have seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves princes walking on the ground like slaves this is referring to an unwise ruler who makes mistakes in who he appoints to his leadership and um I don't think we've ever really seen that in this country, but (laughs) I think we've seen it pretty recently, actually. Um, When you see, um, he says, folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. Uh, um, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. There's, in this day and age especially, you see that, I mean, nothing has changed. Nothing's new under the sun, as as Ecclesiastes says. Um, You do see a lot of leadership, and it's, A lot of foolish people put in leadership and um, the rich sit in a low place. Um, uh, I've seen it written as well, the wise sit in a low place. Um, I think that was in one of the versions that I had. Um, I've seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground like slaves. Um, This is is where leaders need to recognize wisdom and wise people and what wisdom truly is which is the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And um, that is something that we need to pray for for our, our rulers in Canada and in the United States and all over the world. It's something that is really not prominent anymore at all, is the, is the fear of God. And um, it's something that I think um, is extremely It's important for us to pray for our leaders to be wise and to recognize wisdom and what it is. So, uh, verses 8 to 11. um, It says, He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks to a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them. He who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt... And one does not sharpen the edge; he must use more strength, but wisdom helps no one to uh, but wisdom helps one to succeed. if the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer um, there's actually quite a bit of dispute as to what solomon 's point is in this i mean it, it really kind of sounds like he's listing some practical um, hazards in in work and um the best explanation that I could come up with, and I think I think it is a good explanation, is is being presumptuous and assuming that you will have tomorrow, assuming that everything will go as you plan it, and um, you know, being presumptuous, um, you know, thinking we have Tom Brady, we can win the Super Bowl. It's fine. Uh, that's uh, that's a presumptuous uh, thing, and it it did come back to bite them. Uh <laughs> when you read. Uh, James four thirteen to seventeen. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Um, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Indeed, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this and that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to, for him it is sin. To me, uh, it's funny, because this almost seems like a small thing, um, but God calls it evil in his, in his word, and this is important to note, um, to, to assume that tomorrow I'm gonna go up and go to work, or that you know, we're gonna be able to drive home tonight, th- things like that. It's, it's, uh, you know, but to live everything in the perspective of God, God's provision for us, It actually, I think it actually strengthens us and helps us to rely on Christ and rely on God and gives us a grateful heart towards Him for everything He gives us and every breath that He gives us. And um, it's important maybe not to look at it as too much of a negative thing, but more as a positive that God does provide all these things for us and that we should be thankful for that. And um, living in the perspective of eternity and not in the perspective of get up, go to work, come home. Go to bed, get up, go to work, come home, go to bed. Um, it's so easy to get caught in a cycle, and uh, it's good to go back to God's word and get some perspective on what life is really about. And um, verse ten is uh, is a verse that it's it's fairly clear how the what Solomon was getting across on on that verse it talks about a, a fool chopping wood and not sharpening their um, their axe or their Uh, And so, I mean, for me, I can relate it to skating and playing hockey. If you play with dull skates, then you're not going to get anywhere very fast. And, uh, but if you, if you take that step back and sharpen your skates, sharpen your axe or whatever tools you're using, take that one step back, you'll go two steps ahead or more, and you'll be able to um, succeed a lot quicker and a lot easier. It's working hard, or working smart, not hard. That, that's the kind of idea that Solomon is saying, and this can be true for a lot of, um, you know, a lot of us can, can go through life and just want to motor through it and just want to, you know, from one thing to the next, and I think there's a lot to be said about stepping back, reading God's word, um, enjoying what God has given us, and uh, taking it in sometimes, you know, it can be give, 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 and then Sometimes it's take, 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 but it's sometimes it's give, 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 and we don't really um, stop and actually meditate on God's word or uh, really spend quality time in in His word with Him. Um, uh, from verse twelve, the, um, this is kind of the main actually the main section that I wanted to focus on, um, it's about words, basically, from verse um, 12 to 15. It says, the words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. The fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him. The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. I'm going to read that in the New American Standard. Words from the mouth of a wise man are gracious, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of his talk is folly, and the end is wicked madness. Yet the fool multiplies words. No man knows what will happen. Who can tell him what will come after him? The toil of a fool so wearies him that he does not even know the way to the city. The first, um, the first section of that, verse 12, it says, words from the wise man are gracious. And um, uh, I'm gonna reference Colossians chapter four. And this is in the New Testament. This is Paul speaking. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. It's important to really think about what we are saying to each other, and um, words have a huge effect on people. They, they can really affect the way people think about themselves, about God, about us, and it's really important um, to have self-control in, in our words and what we say and have grace when we, when we speak this is uh this is something that jesus um shows in in the in his uh in the gospels so many times um titus chapter 3 verse 2 also says um i'm actually going to go from verse 1 remind them to be subject to rulers to authorities to be obedient to be ready for every good deed to malign no one to be peaceable gentle showing every consideration for all men um this uh and then in the in the in the ESV it says in verse 2 to speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling to be gentle to be slow uh and to st- and to show perfect courtesy towards all people um to speak evil of no one uh that's a challenging one right there it's it's a it's a challenge to uh for us not to gossip not to um you know uh, present anybody in a negative way, which is which is difficult because people are sinners, and there's, you know, including me. And so sometimes, sometimes I'm wrong when I speak this when I speak about someone in a, in a negative way. But sometimes I might be right, and that's even that's still wrong because it's speaking evil of someone. Um, and this is something that we need to be careful of: is gossip, and it's it's something that, is. Um, it's convicting to me to read this. Uh, also in verse 12, it talks about how foolish words will backfire. The lips of a fool consume him is what it says. Um, this is a, a t- um, very much, uh, you know, in sin, if you, if you speak lies or if these kinds of things, they, they tend to definitely come back on us. And, um, in Proverbs 21 verse 23 Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Very simple, extremely simple advice in Proverbs. Um, I do like this about Solomon, he just kind of says things how it is. He just doesn't he doesn't really beat around the bush at all. He just says if you keep your tongue, you'll stay out of trouble. And that's it's pretty good advice. Um, also when I go into Matthew chapter 12 as well. This is something that is in the Gospels. and um, oh. It's Jesus speaking. And uh, Jesus is the best example of someone who is careful with his words. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. This is a very sobering thing. And it... it it's um shows the importance cuz these are these are words coming from God's lips directly these are these are from the heart of God um he's telling us directly that we will be um that people will be judged by their words that these that this is the very thing that we, they will be judged by and um so it's it's obviously very very important um in verse 13 Uh, we see, I have to turn to it again. Verse 13, the beginning of his words of, the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. Um, This is talking about, basically like a snowball effect. Um, it's, It's talking about, his words begin with just a little bit of foolishness, and then, by the end of it, it's evil madness. It's something that just is absurd, and um, this can happen pretty easily when we uh, when we don't have control over what we what we say or what we um, speak about people and or about um, about ourselves. Um, in verse fourteen, a fool's a fool multiplies words, though no man what is though no man knows what is to be, and who can tell him what will be after him. Uh, this talks about uh, fools will multiply words to make emptiness sound intelligent. They'll, and uh, this is something that, again, I, I think I struggle with sometimes. Sometimes I'll just dig myself deeper into a pit when I start talking. And uh, Mary's laughing right now. So that, yeah. That's definitely true sometimes. Um, when we we try to say something, and then we try to say something else to patch that up, and then we try to say something else to patch that up, and it it tends to go in a bad direction. Um, some some people may not be able to relate, because maybe some people don't talk as much as I do. That's probably 100% true. But um, I definitely can relate to this, um, being the fool who multiplies words sometimes. And um, this is, again, more more advice to just um, be slow to speak, uh, keep quiet and you know take it easy um, and be a listener. Um, it says in verse fifteen this is a little bit off the topic of um, of words, but it, it says the toil of a fool wearies him for he does not know the way to the city um, it's actually uh, I think it's it's similar to being presumptuous. It's um, a fool boast of big plans and doesn't have a lot of follow-through because they're not prepared. And so they, you know, they might, um, you know, they might have a lot of, uh, a lot of work in mind that they want to do and they might have a lot of plans, but they don't even know the way to the city. They don't even know uh, how to begin or what to do, you know, to start and to get their plans underway. So, um that's um that's the point of that verse i b- i believe verse 16 woe to you o land when your king is a child um when your and your prince's feast in the morning this is t- speaking of indulgence it's talking about um a king who is immature and um is partying all the time and i look at the perfect biblical example of this would be in daniel um, Chapter Five, and we pretty recently just learned about this from my dad um king Bel Belshazzar um I'm not going to read the whole passage because it's it's pretty long, but um he threw a feast uh for um celebrating basically the captivity of Israel, and he was bringing out all the gold and all the things that they they captured from Israel. And he was basically showing that off. And he said, um, and uh, through this all, they were partying, they were having a great time. And all of a sudden this hand appeared on the the wall and it was writing uh, the words and these words that condemned the king. And Daniel interpreted the words and they condemned the king. And that very night, Belshazzar was killed and uh, Babylon was taken over. So this is um, a young king who was. uh, It's an example of a young king who was um, indulging and partying and overindulging, and um, the result of that was complete destruction. On the other hand, the next verse says, "Blessed is the." uh, Let me just let me just turn to it. On the other hand, happy are you, O land, when the king is a son of nobility and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. When when we do things that are pleasing to God, when we are living lives that are in him, that we're trusting in him fully, and um, it's okay to enjoy in fact, it's good to enjoy what He has provided for us and what He's given to us. I think of um, in Nehemiah eight, um, starting in verse nine, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, uh, said to all the people, "This day is, is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Uh, then he said to them, "Go your way, eat the fat." Drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord, uh, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the pe- the Levites calmed all the people, saying, "Be quiet, for today is holy, and do not be grieved." And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and make great rejoicing, because they had understood that the w- the words that were declared to them. This is after. The kingdom of Israel was actually restored after the Babylonian captivity. And Nehemiah and Ezra were instructing, and the Levites were instructing the children of Israel to rejoice and to enjoy what the Lord had provided for them. And this is a a case where there is a time to rejoice. There is a time for, um, there's a proper time for enjoying what God has given us. and um, Not overindulging, but um, enjoying it and uh finding our joy in these things it's a refreshing thing. Um, verse eighteen and nineteen um talks about laziness um sorry, verse eighteen does through sloth the roof caves in, and through in indolence, the house leaks um, you know it leads to destruction and misery this laziness. Um, in verse nine, basically, I, I look at this as kind of, a or 19, sorry, I look at this as basically a summary of life under the sun, life without uh, the joy of the Lord, life without God. It says in the uh, New American Standard, um, verse 19, men prepare a meal for enjoyment. Wine makes life merry, and money is the answer to everything. Um, you know, I, I think of, First Corinthians fifteen, where it says, "If Christ is not risen, then you know we might as well eat and drink and be merry is basically what Paul says. you know for tomorrow we die, and this is kind of a summary of life under the sun it's life without God. Um, these are the principles right here. men prepare a meal for enjoyment, just enjoy what you have, wine makes life merry. Money is the answer to everything, which I kind of get a kick out of because it's the way it's the way we think a lot of the time it's the way especially in our culture. Um, and then the, this last verse here, verse 20, it says, I think it's, it's kind of like, almost like an addendum on the end of this uh, chapter. It says, Furthermore, in your bedchamber do not curse a king, and in your sleeping rooms do not curse a rich man, for a bird of the heavens will carry the sound, and a winged creature will make the matter known. This is talking, again, about gossip and about your using words wisely, and um, it's, it's about how even words that are said in private can travel. They can, they can find whoever they, you know, um, whoever they're about, basically, and so in, uh, and it's because we have, uh, you know, a God who sees everything. He knows everything. Um, it says in Luke chapter 12, accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. Whatever you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Um, so this is something that, it's a little scary, (laughs) you know, especially if we struggle with gossip, or if we, you know, it's, it's, uh, our words are, are not something that we need to take lightly, and, um, it's something we need to be careful of. Um, I want to read a little portion of a psalm, and I'll just read this in closing. Um, this is about the, um, uh, Psalm 19, I just want to read uh, a few verses here. It's about the law of the Lord, it's about uh, his word and how how it's wise to share his word and uh, to be careful with our words. Um, Psalm 19, verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and they are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Um, those verses just teach the importance and the the amazing greatness of God's words and the amazing greatness of God's law and what what he's provided for us and how he's revealed himself to us. And um, it basically, it gives us words to say. It gives us things that we can share with people. And it's kind of a safe bet. (laughs) In fact, it's more than that. It's the most powerful thing we can share with people is his word. And this is is wisdom right here. This is um, a wise thing. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, your understanding is unsearchable, Lord. You are perfect. You are uh, pure. And um, Lord, we, uh, we are sinners, but we, um, we live under your grace, Lord. We live in the freedom of your gospel, Lord, your death and resurrection, uh, we thank you so much, Lord, for this. I pray that you would help us to uh, control our words and our actions, and help us to be wise um, in your word and not wise in our own eyes. Um, I pray that you would just strengthen us as the week goes on, and um, help us to hope in you and to trust in you, and that your jo- that the joy of knowing you would be our strength, Lord. And in Jesus' name, Amen.